0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you. It inspires you. It challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Today, if you're taking notes, I hope that you are in church. I want to teach you how to stand strong in the face of opposition. Here's what I know. I know it's true about you because it's true about me and every believer that any time you make up your mind to do the right thing, the meaningful thing, the good thing, a generous thing, a lasting thing, certainly a spiritual thing. Anytime you decide in your heart you're going to do something and make forward progress, you can expect opposition. Say amen to that. Just see it coming. You say, well, pastor, I thought this is a positive kind of faith-filled church. It is. Look at me. I am positive. Anytime you make spiritual progress in your life, there will be opposition there will be resistance sometimes I'm surprised at how surprised I am that the devil's fighting you ever do that you ever look at your life and think my lord what's happening all hell's breaking loose things are going crazy what's going on and then it's like it dawns on me oh well that well of course this is what's happening Of course, this is what's going on. It's never going to be the enemy's just going to let me take spiritual ground. Never going to be true in your life. There are always opposition, there's always an antagonist, there's always something against you. It's been since the very beginning of time. Adam and Eve had a serpent. Some of you are too scared. You're like, I don't know, I think it was the devil. a serpent, Moses had Pharaoh, David had Goliath, Jesus had King Herod, Batman had Joker. Come on, I just I want you to stay with me right here. Now I want to teach you an Old Testament story today. There's a man in the Old Testament named Nehemiah. Nehemiah had the same kind of opposition and obstacles. And I want to teach you through the story of Nehemiah how to stand when you are fighting opposition. How to keep moving forward in your life how to keep making spiritual progress, how to make progress in your family, how to make progress in your ministry, how to make progress in your marriage, even though there's opposition. Now, if you're new to the Bible, Nehemiah is an Old Testament book. Uh, Flip there. There's some minor prophets. You got Ezra, then Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah is not a long book. It really is just this story that I'll encapsulate in a few sentences. I don't have time to read you all of it. But Nehemiah is the cupbearer for the king in Persia. His name is Artaxerxes. He is the uh, king of all of Persia's now ruling almost all of the, what we would now call the Middle East. Uh, it is all part of the Persian Empire. And uh, Artaxerxes is the king. The cupbearer, Nehemiah, has a, almost a prime minister-like position. It's more than it sounds like. It's more than just tasting wine so that they didn't poison the king. That's part of it. But it was an advisor. It was a special advisor. I mean, it, it, he was, it was something very uh, a very high-powered in this kingdom. And Nehemiah was a Jew. He was a Hebrew by, uh, by birth. And he's made his way into uh, leadership in Persia. But he hears the story. Don't have time to read it. But over the course of the book of Nehemiah, he hears the story that his homeland... Jerusalem, where they have been taken captive, actually the Babylonians took them captive first and then Persia conquered Babylon, and, but he hears that Jerusalem is in shambles, he hears that his homeland has been torn down, as a matter of fact, the gates have been torn down, uh, the, the walls have been torn down, it, they're burning the city, it's being attacked on all sides, and it breaks Nehemiah's heart. And he wants to go home. And he actually asks the king, he goes to King Artaxerxes and says, can I go home? It's a thousand miles about the journey back to Jerusalem. And he says, can I, I, I want to go back and I want to try to help. And I want to I, I I fix Jerusalem and fix what's going on there. And he inspires this whole group of people, these other Jews that go with him, the people of Judah that go with him, uh, to, to go attempt to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Are you tracking with me, yes or no? All right, so he makes his way back and he's trying to rebuild the walls of the city and the gates of the city. I don't have time to teach it to you, but there are gates all around this fortified city and they all mean something. He is rebuilding the sheep gate. Guess what goes through the sheep gate? Bible scholars, you are. Fish gate. Guess what goes through the fish gate? Right. Then there's a valley gate and a horse gate and a water gate. There's a dung gate. <laughs> I don't want to be on the dung gate. Put me on the sheep gate, everybody. I don't. But somebody's got to rebuild the dung gate. Like all of these. Here's the thing about this this group, this ragtag group of people led by Nehemiah, is they're not carpenters. They're not brick masons. They don't make walls. They're not, they don't lay stones. They're just regular. A- Matter of fact, Nehemiah is just a regular, average, normal. Guy, but he believes that he can do this and he inspires the people of God to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. They go to work. Uh, uh, the, the story unfolds. They go to work. They start, they make this journey back to Jerusalem. They start rebuilding the outside of the walls and they're, they're making some progress. Things are beginning to come together. Actually, Nehemiah, the second, third chapter, say that the wall is about halfway up. It's about halfway uh, uh, up, uh, all the way around the city. They, they've made this p- progress a little bit on the way up. And the moment they start, it's, things start taking shape, now listen to me, look at me, I'm getting to where I'm, I'm headed. The moment you can see it's a wall, that's when opposition shows up. Write it down in your notes like this if you're taking notes today. When the work goes down, the opposition shows up. When the work goes down, The opposition shows up. You will never, ever, ever take spiritual territory without a fight. You will never take spiritual ground in your marriage. You'll never take emotional ground in doing the hard work in your heart and your soul. You're never going to take spiritual territory without a fight, without an opposition, without an enemy showing up, listen to me, look at me, the devil will not sit back and let you rebuild the right stuff in your life without opposition. It's my job to tell you, you have an enemy, and I'm warning you, when you start making progress, that's when the enemy shows up. And it's easy sometimes to start thinking, well, you know what? I don't, I don't want the battle, so I just won't make the progress. I don't want the fight so I'll just stay where I am. I, I don't want things to I don't want it to get hard. I don't want it to be difficult. I don't want to have to fight for this. So I'm just going to leave it like it is. But let me let, let me tell you why the wall is important. And this is why Nehemiah had to go back to Jerusalem cuz he knew without a wall there's no protection. And dads, let me interject a little Father's Day here to you. It is our job to build spiritual walls around our families it's our job to say this is the limit no more attacking my children no more against my marriage no more inside our family this is the line i'm drawing in the sand everybody shout amen to them opposition shows up halfway through here comes the opposition if you have your bibles nehemiah the third chapter i'm sorry nehemiah the fourth chapter I skipped right over three. Nehemiah 4 in verse 1. Nehemiah 4 in verse 1 says, When Sanballat, that's the name of the opposer. By the way, if you're pregnant looking for a good boy name, Sanballat. <clears throat> when Sanballat heard they were rebuilding the wall, he became, what's that word? He became angry and was greatly incensed. Listen, there are people who are mad about your progress. There are people who are angry at your spiritual progress. There are people fully invested in you not having protection and a wall around your soul. And Sanballat gets angry and greatly incensed. And then he ridiculed the Jews. Verse 2, and in the presence of all of his friends, the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? The word feeble there is the same Hebrew word of a flower that's been cut down. It's withering. It's dying. He's, he's, he's insulting how weak they look. He's, will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Verse 3, he gets a buddy, Tobiah, the Ammonite. Who was at his side. Let me pause here. I don't have time to teach you any of this. But I got to look at you and tell you. That negativity always brings a friend. I've been pastoring long enough to know. It's never just one. It's never just one negative voice. Negativity always has a partner. It always has a Tobias standing by going. That's right. That's right. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them how dumb this is. Tell them how. This is crazy. I can't believe they're doing that. And Tobias the Ammonite who's at his side says. What are they even building? Then he tries his own insult, which I think is funny. Even a fox climbing up on it breaks down their wall of stone. Here these two guys are, opposing the work of God in Nehemiah's life. It always happens this way, that when you decide to do something, and you have faith, and you decide, I'm going after it, I'm getting started, that you're met with resistance. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to church. We're going to do it. We're going to get up today and go to church. We're going to set the alarm and go to church. We're going to set six alarms. Anybody married to that guy? 8 o'clock, eight o five, eight ten, eight fifteen, eight twenty, eight twenty five. Anybody married to somebody like that? Why? Why would you do that? Just get up at eight o'clock. Just get to church. Uh, we're going to set the, we're going to do it. We're going, it's going to happen. We're going to go. And the moment you do that, you're running late. It doesn't matter. We hadn't been to church in a long time, but I'm going to make it this Sunday. And you just can't make it this Sunday. And you're fighting all the way. Don't look at anybody. Just look straight ahead. But you know the way this happens. You fight and cuss and fuss in the car. And then you get out and just put on your church face and just happy as you can be. Just praise the Lord, everybody. Kid's got a bloody eye. <laughs> Your husband's off. All... It's the way it happens. There's always opposition. I, I'm gonna get out of debt. I'm, we're gonna pay off debt. We're Dave Ramseying it up, baby. It's beans and rice, rice and beans. I'm living like nobody else. And the moment you decide to get out of debt, you're gonna blow two tires on the same day. Car's gonna break down the same day. The moment you decide, I'm finally going to go all in, I'm going to start serving kids. Man, I'm going to get involved in Summer Blast. That's a great way to get involved in ministry. And I'm going to lead a kid's small group at Summer Blast. And I'm going to help these third graders, fourth graders, fifth graders put their faith in Jesus. And the first night you show up, some kid pukes, fruit loops all over you. That's not going to happen at our Summer Blast. I'm just giving you an example. (laughs) There's always opposition. God puts something on your heart. You tell that one person, hey, here's what I think God's called me to do. They look at you right in the eyes very sincerely and say, that ain't going to work. It's always opposition. Don't be surprised. Listen to me. Men, don't be surprised. When the advancement of your life is met with a struggle, it's met with opposition, it's met met with, with a fight, Don't listen. The devil doesn't bother with people who are not a threat. Let me tell you a different way. If the devil wasn't chasing you, I'd be worried he already caught you. I need a fight. Some people are better in a battle. I need a fight, and I need to know I'm making progress in my life. I'm moving forward in my spiritual life. I don't expect it to go easy. I'm looking for. I'm picking a fight with the devil sometimes. Sometimes I just pick on him, just just poke him. Just I, we're going to do this. If it, it doesn't matter what you say, God's going to give us victory. We're going to reach people for Jesus. We're going to keep doing everything God's called us to do. I know there's opposition coming. But I'm not staying where I am. Shout amen to that. It's easy to get comfortable and just say, "Man, just do that." Just I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to create this easy life. I'm I'm gonna go to church if I can. I'm gonna. I'll come late. I'll leave early. I'm not gonna engage. I'm not gonna pray. I'm not gonna serve. I'm not gonna give. I'm not even gonna care about it because when I start making progress, the fight shows up. and It's easy to sit back and get comfortable and say, man, I, I, and here's what I think about the devil. I don't know this for sure, but I think he works this way. I think he'll let you do some spiritual things just enough to make you feel good, but not enough to make a difference. I think the devil will let you take small enough steps... That you'll feel you'll 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 feel like well I did something, well I, I tried something, well I I showed up one time, well I did that one thing, well I I prayed that one time, well I read my Bible that one day, I did that one. I'm doing just enough, and the enemy gives you the false impression that you feel better about it. But it's not. But the moment you step out in everybody shout faith. Faith is when you step out and you go, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know where God's going to show up. I don't know how God's going to come through. I don't know how we're going to pay the bills. I don't know where God's going to open the door. I don't know what job I'm going to get next. I don't know how God's going to heal our marriage, but I'm stepping out in faith. And the moment you do, you are engaged in a battle opposition there's critics there's crit- some people have the spiritual gift of critique not y'all but people at 11 o'clock some people have the spiritual gift of critique and it always spiritual spiritual I know it's a spiritual gift because they always sound spiritual when they say it Critical people just complain. Spiritual gifted critical people, they say things like, you know, I was praying the other day. <laughs> and I wondered why we don't do fill in the blank. You know, the other day I was reading my Bible. This is a spiritual gift of, of of critique. You know, the other day I and and I just felt like God told me to tell you to stop doing all of that stuff you're doing. I, They're just. just There's there's all. Here's what I found in leadership over almost a quarter of a century. Here's what I've found in 25 almost years of leadership. The loudest boos always come from the cheapest seats. Not long ago, I had the opportunity to uh, take my little boy to. We won some seats that were great to the Spurs. Now the seats were great. The Spurs were terrible, but the seats were fantastic. And uh, we were down really close to the court, and I loved it. I loved going to a Spurs game. It's going to get better when Wimby's there. Everybody, come on, somebody. Anyway, and, and I loved, and, and, I, and that was my son's first experience going to the Spurs game with me. And we had court. I mean, it was all, we were three rows from the court. We were right at, we were right in half court. It was amazing. Seats God was just, it was just a blessing. And, and we got to go back to, you know, they do this little buffet. We, know, we ain't eating corn dogs with y'all normal people. We had prime rib or something back off in there. You know what I'm saying? Mashed potatoes and whatnot. Unlimited diet Coke. Are you with me on this, everybody? And We had a great time. A couple of hours in. We get in the car. We go home. My son talks about it. Henry talks about this Spurs game for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then, and then not long after that, we go back. We go back to something at the AT&T Center. And the, and the tickets weren't gifted. Are y'all following me where we're at right now? I was I was nose to nose with Ginobili's <laughs> Jersey. We'd retired. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we are, right, we are right. Here's what I noticed about the about the crowd at the t Center. When we were on third row, we were with fans down there. These are the people who were cheering for the Spurs. These are the people who were doing everything. They were yelling at refs, tripping refs, high-fiving every time something happened. These people were in it. When I got up to the $10 seats at the top, Everybody had an opinion about how the Spurs were supposed to play basketball. Because the loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. And I've noticed it's the people who aren't moving their spiritual life forward who are always attacking you. It's the people who aren't going to counseling talking about how you do. It's the people who aren't in prayer talking about how much time you spend there. It's the people they're always naysayers, always doubters, always haters, always critics. And most of the time, listen to me, God's answer for you is you don't have to answer every hater you you find, you encounter, you come across, you don't have, you don't have to do that. Now I know you feel like you do. I know the Facebook algorithm makes you feel like you have to respond to everybody you disagree with, but let me set you free. You are not required to respond to anything. That's a word some of you need to write down. I don't have to answer everybody. I don't have to respond to everything. If I responded to every email I got in this church, my God, we wouldn't have a church and I would live under a bridge somewhere. You don't have to respond to every critic and every doubter. You don't have to answer. You don't have to defend. Because most of the time, all you do is validate your critics. And Nehemiah has sandbattled and Tobias saying, I can't believe you're doing this. Can't believe you're building the wall. Can't believe you're going there. It's not easy to deal with this negativity. Listen, and it gets more difficult when it comes from people who supposedly love you, the people who are closest to you. Your family, your mom, your dad, a close friend tells you, I can't believe you're going to church again. Can't believe you're going to serve like that. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Too old. Too young. Can't believe you're going to apply for that promotion. You don't have any skills. Can't believe you're going to try to foster kids. You can't even handle the kids you got. Can't believe you're going to start a small group. You don't know enough about the Bible. Can't believe you're going to do any of that. Listen, you need to get something in your spirit that just tells you, no, I can do all of this. You're just too negative. You don't know what God's called me to do. God put me on this wall. He gave me a vision and a mission to do. And it doesn't matter how much opposition comes my way. God is on my side and I'm making moves in my life. Say amen to that. You respond to it. Listen, if you'll respond to it, you'll feed it. Here's what I've learned. This is a deep spiritual truth. Write this down. Don't feed crazy. It grows. It grows. It grows. You you just if you, If you feed negativity, it'll grow. If you feed criticism, it'll grow. If you feed all of that opposition, it'll grow in your life. You don't have to do any of that. Write it down like this. Don't let praise go to your head and don't let criticism go to your heart. Let me protect you in a battle. Don't let praise go to your head. Boy, you're really good at this. Man you're, oh, man, you're good. Don't let that stuff go to your head, but don't let the criticism go to your heart. Don't let the opposition go to your heart. Nehemiah knows. He said, listen, I'm not going to answer none of these critics. I don't have to respond to send ballot and Tobiah. I don't have to tell them, no, you don't know what God's called me to do. I don't have to answer none of them. Matter of fact, verse 4 of the fourth chapter says this. This is the very next thing. Sanballat and Tobiah come against Nehemiah. This is Nehemiah's response. Verse 4, hear us, our God, for we're despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as a plunder in the land of captivity. Don't cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they've thrown insults in the face of the builders. Verse 6. So we rebuilt the wall. Till all of it reached half of its height. For the people worked with all of their hearts. What Nehemiah do when opposition showed up. he He didn't respond to every criticism. He went to God he went to God he 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 prays he 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 pauses and prays and then he gets right back to work he stops for a moment and goes God I'm not going to answer them I want you to answer them God I'm not going to respond to every email I want you to deal with them God I'm not going to let opposition stop me I'm going to do what you've called me to do and I'm going to get back to work as a matter of fact I don't have time to tell you but on in chapter 4 and into chapter 5 he sets a 24 hour watch he actually says we're going to work day and night we're going to work day and night Here's the thing i got to tell you. Look at me. Your victory is both spiritual and it's practical. Your victory is both spiritual and it's practical. Write it down like this. you got to pray as if everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you. It's spiritual and it's practical. Pastor, I prayed about this. I prayed for my husband for so long our marriage is not good. Have you gone to counseling? No. Well, it's spiritual and it's practical. Pastor, we've been going to counseling for 12 months. It's not getting any better. Are you praying together? No. Well, it's spiritual and it's practical. you got to pray like God is going to show up and do the miraculous in your life. And you got to work like just in case God doesn't, I'm going to rebuild this wall because He's called me to do it. Say amen to that. You've got you to know how to fight in opposition. And it doesn't stop there. Sanballat comes, Tobiah comes, and then it shows up with the people that he's actually helping. Now this is the worst type of opposition you get. This is the worst type of criticism you find. It's the people you love, the people who are closest to you. Verse 10, Meanwhile, the people in Judah, those are the people he's rebuilding the city for. The people in Judah said, Listen, we're getting tired. The strength of the laborers is giving out. There's too much work to do. So much rubble. We can't rebuild the wall. And also, verse 11, our enemies said, "For they know it or see us, we're going to be right there among them. We'll kill them. We'll put an end to the work. Scare them. Threaten their lives. Verse 12, Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over. Wherever you turn, they're going to attack. Nehemiah is rebuilding this wall for the people of Judah, and now they're turning against Nehemiah. Now this is the hardest type of opposition and fights you have in your life. It's one thing to hear it from the outside. It's one thing for Sanballat and Tobiah to come tell you to stop and Let go and don't do it and you can't make it happen. It's worse when the people who are inside of your inner circle, the people who you love, the people who you trust, the people who are supposed to encourage you, when they say it, you can't do it, it's not going to happen. When they're the voice that says, who do you think you are? You're never going to make a difference. You don't have what it takes. Write it down like this. The external opposition will only be as loud As my internal insecurities allow them to be. Let me say it better like this while you write that down. The voices that are telling you no. Only are as powerful as your inside insecurities will allow them to be. If on the inside you're thinking well maybe they're right. Maybe God won't. Maybe God can't. Maybe God's not called me. Maybe maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not called. Maybe I missed the whole thing. Those internal insecurities are stronger than any external opposition you have to the spiritual progress God has called you to make. you got to battle that stuff on the inside. Nehemiah starts battling his own insecurities. He takes the focus off of himself. Listen to me. And he puts the focus back on the Lord. He goes back to God. It goes back to the mission. And let me teach it to you like this. When you're making spiritual progress in your life, you're moving your life forward, when God's calling you to more, when you're stepping into ministry, when you're leading a small group, tithing for the first time, showing up to serve, praying every morning, having a quiet time with the Lord, devotion with God, and opposition shows up, you're going to have to decide what do I do in the battle? What do I do with all this problem? What do I do with all this stuff? What do I do with these external things? What do I do with this internal insecurity? What do I do with this spiritual warfare? Verse 14, I'll tell you what Nehemiah did and then I'll pray for you. Verse 14, after I looked things over, I stood up. Said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, look at me, don't look at the screen, look at me the first thing Nehemiah did was stand up. When I looked at all of this opposition, when I looked at my life and thought, man, the moment I start moving forward, I get hit again. I'm preaching to people in the room today who feel like you just started making progress in 2023. Now you're taking two steps back. Things were just moving forward. Now you get knocked down again. I was just getting my confidence back. Now here I am on the ground again. The Bible says, Nehemiah, when he he looks all of this over, when he gets a higher perspective of the calling of God on his life, he stands up. Says to the nobles, officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Watch this. Remember the Lord is great and awesome. Nehemiah once again takes the focus, listen to me, off of him and off of the work and puts it on God. God's called me to do this. God's called our family to be strong. God's called us to reconcile. God's called us to, 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 to make this happen. God's called us to start this business. God's called us to do this together as a family. God, God is, this battle isn't ours, it's the Lord. God is for us, and if God be for us, who dare be against us? Greater is He that's on the inside of you than he that's on the in, uh, in, in the world. Who can separate you from the love of God? Remember the Lord your God. And he tells the people, listen, he starts rehearsing what God's done. Nehemiah, I don't have time to read it, but Nehemiah says, remember how God took us out of the Egyptian bondage. Remember how God split the Red Sea and we crossed over on dry land. Remember how God led us with a fire by night. Remember how God fed us with manna from heaven. Remember, God showed up in our life. Remember that God didn't bring you this far to leave you here. God didn't make it this. You didn't didn't get through the hardest days of your life just to be abandoned now. God's on your side. And the greater the opposition against you, the greater the opportunity for God to fight for you. Write that down. The greater the opposition against you, the greater chance you have to step back and say, you know what, I'm going to let God fight this. I'm going to let the Lord show up in this battle. I'm going to let this be God's battle and not my battle. I'm going to let God fight for me. Don't be afraid of them. Nehemiah 4 and 14. Remember the Lord who's great and awesome. Here's what I want to tell you on Father's Day. Look at it. and Fight for your families. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your Come on, man, look at me. This is the call of God on Father's Day. We got work to do. There's going to be opposition. There's there's always going to be somebody who tells you you can't. There's always going to be a negative voice. There's always going to be a spiritual battle. But remember the Lord and keep fighting. You can pay off all of your debt. You can live debt-free. Remember the Lord and keep fighting for your marriage. You can have a healthy, godly, Jesus-centered marriage. Remember the Lord and keep fighting against your addiction. You don't have to live every day bound to that thing. Remember the Lord and keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. You may need healing today. Keep Fighting. You may need family today. Keep fighting. You may need restoration today. Keep fighting. You may need deliverance today. Keep fighting. Don't give up. You can win this battle. A couple of chapters later, Nehemiah and all the people of Israel do rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. They built it in 52 days. 52 days from ruins and shambles and rubble, fortified walls and cities and gates. The Bible says this. The Bible says that all of the enemies of Israel, all surrounding Jerusalem, heard, and they feared the Lord. There are going to be people in your life who tell you, you can't do it. Not, not this time. I've seen this before. I've seen you try. I've seen you do this before. I've seen you go all in at church and it didn't work. I've I've seen you pray and God didn't answer. I've seen you start serving and it didn't change anything in your life. I've seen you go to counseling and it, didn't, it just didn't do anything for you. But if you won't give up, listen, there's going to come a day when the people who tell you you can't have to acknowledge that it's because of the Lord that you did. That God showed up on your behalf. That God gave you supernatural strength and that you made some progress in yours. remember the Lord fight fight for your families fight for your kids fight for our sons and our daughters let's fight together bow your heads close your eyes for prayer all over the house if you're in church today you feel like you're in a battle you say pastor I want to be included in this final prayer I feel like I need this final prayer in my life because I feel like I'm in a battle right now I've made progress I'm making progress I started moving forward but opposition showed up, fight showed up. If that's you, would you just be bold and raise your hand and say, include me in this final prayer. I see your hands up all over the building. I made progress, but here I I am. I I took two steps forward. I'm taking three back. Father, I pray for every hand raised and every person. God who's making progress in their life, called by God, feels the mission of God on their heart. I got to go do this. God's calling me to this. I'm getting through it. I'm making my mark. I'm, I'm being healed. I'm being restored. And then there's the fight. There's the opposition. There's the negative voices. There's the critique. There's the criticism. Telling you why you can't. Telling you why it won't work. There you are, knocked down again. Down and out. Just feeling like you got your head above water. Now you're drowning again. Father, I pray for people today with their hands raised in that kind of situation. That today would be a day of healing, but not just healing in their hearts, not just healing in their, but healing in their faith to keep fighting. Keep fighting for healing and fighting for wholeness and fighting for restoration fighting for your broken heart to be put back together, fighting for your marriage, fighting for clarity, fighting for your business, fighting for your children, fighting for your sons, your daughters, your relationship, fighting, fighting, fighting. Oh, there's opposition. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Father, I just declare today the strength of the Lord over every person in the room. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, let me give you a chance to surrender completely to God. Never want to close the service without giving you a chance to surrender your heart to the Lord. So if you need to do that, maybe you've never committed your heart to the Lord, or maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ today. I want to give you a chance to do that. I can lead you in this prayer, but I can't pray it for you. It's a simple prayer, but it really costs you everything, costs you your whole life. We're going to lead it together. Everybody in the room praying this way. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross, for dying for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. And I give you my whole life. I repent of my sins. I make you Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout a big amen.